and welcome to Friday Formula, a weekly motorsport podcast where this week we're taking the tyre blankets off our freshly heated takes as we look back on the Formula One season so far. I'm Owen Bellwood and as always I'm joined by Will Longman. How are you this week, Will? I'm good. I'm hoping those tyres are wet tyres this weekend for the Belgian Grand Prix. It's not looking very bright. No, it's a, kind of a stormy forecast, I think, on the cart, isn't it? Can you imagine a wet spa? It's the kind of stuff dreams are made of. I saw an interesting thing today, though, that apparently Mick Schumacher is hoping it'll be wet, but Nikita Mazepin is hoping for sun. Do you think that's just because he's still getting used to driving on a dry track? He doesn't want to risk it on a wet one as well? Or do you think Mick feels like if it's wet, he's got a chance of some points? So I, I'm surprised because, like, when I'm doing a race online playing F1 and it's like wet or it's chaos, I'm just like, just keep it on the track and you might get something out of this. Just don't hurt anyone. Don't spin off. And you, and it, it, it worked. You just tootle along doing like laps two seconds slower than you normally do and it pays off. So I would have thought that would have been Nikita's dream. Yeah. like the, We had the wet start in Hungary, but is that the only kind of wet race we've had this year? Imola. Imola started wet. Ah, uh, yes. Wet. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one, Imola. Uh, but that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of look back on the races we've had so far and kind of see how the results compared to some predictions that we made in our very first episode, 22 episodes ago or something like that. We've come a long way since. Yeah, it was quite interesting going back to it. We did have some good points. Like there's some... There is some freshly heated takes to discuss. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and so what we did then was we went through the teams in the championship and said where we thought they were going to finish this year. We did it really long, so we're going to fire through them this time. But first up, we talked about Williams, and both of us predicted that they were going to come ninth this year. And Will, you were very specific. You said that they needed a very crazy race in order to get their points. And that we both kind of agreed that Nicholas's second year meant he had a bit more experience that might help. And George's desire to score his first points for Williams is what could get the team to ninth place in the constructors through the year. That prediction's turned out all right, I guess. That's pretty accurate. I mean, I wouldn't have said it was the spiciest of takes anyway, but the crazy race to get their points has worked out pretty nicely. Yeah, and also there were even points where, uh, like kind of specifically Austria, where it looked like they maybe didn't even need a crazy race to get points. Uh, George's had quite a few 11th place finishes. So I reckon we underestimated Williams. Yeah, I think we were maybe a little bit too uh, kind to Nicholas. You know, I don't think he's really maybe... Well, not kind, but he's not lived up to what we were maybe hoping he would in his second season. I still don't think he's been terrific. I don't think he'll keep his Williams seat. No. Which we probably weren't expecting at the beginning of the year. We probably thought he was nailed on because of all the money. Yeah, I think uh, from listening back, we were kind of both expecting them not to be evenly matched, but a little bit closer. And while Nicholas has obviously got more points than George uh, because of Hungary, through the rest of the races, George has kind of flown away. And and even in Hungary, like Nicholas was up in third at one point and he ended up only like two seconds ahead of George at the line. 
So I still would like to see him improve. But, like you say, is he still going to be around next year? Are either of them still going to be around next year? Well, George will definitely be around somewhere. <laughs> yeah, around at Williams, though. Let's hope not. But do you think ninth is fair? Are they going to... They're in eighth at the moment. Do you think they're going to hold on to eighth or will they drop back to ninth before the end of the year? It's funny because George is so strong that if there are more races that turn out like Hungary and it's a bit mixed up, kind of can see George being in a bit more of a fight with the Alfa Romeos and probably finishing in front of them. The Alphas have not been impressive this year. What do you think? No, I would agree. I think uh, it comes down to kind of the drop in performance for Alpha. Like they seem to have been quite inconsistent and Kimi's obviously had some great first laps and things, but when it comes to kind of tire calls and like mistakes in the race, they seem to have cropped up quite a lot. So I kind of, I'm hopeful that Williams can hold on to eight. So yeah. we'll see. So after we spoke about Williams, we moved on to Haas. Uh, and of the American team, we both said they would finish 10th. We thought that a full rookie driver lineup would not be as useful to the team as having people like Roman Grosjean, like they had last year, who could offer really good feedback on the car. They might like struggle to get the setups right, which would therefore not help the drivers progress. Uh, we also talked about the lack of investment that they're putting into the 2021 car. And we said, it seems like they've just written off the season. And I would 100% agree with all of those points. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to talk about, is there? I think, I think the only thing that has surprised us this year about Haas is that Mick Schumacher had a battle with Max Verstappen. Yeah. And actually raced him a little bit. And yeah, there were loads of circumstances as to why that happened. And, you know, it obviously wasn't based on performance. But it was freaking cool. And it's like the best bit of action Haas have had all year, apart from against each other. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we were kind of used to seeing the Williams battling against each other at the bottom. And it has now kind of switched. And the Williams are having occasional fights with other people, whereas the Haas are stuck at the back with not really much chance of progressing unless they end up battling with the team that are next and that was Alfa Romeo um, again we agreed and both said they would finish 8th the not spicy take but the biggest discussion point we had here was Antonio Giovinazzi and whether or not he was going to be able to keep his seat this year uh, Will you said that you were surprised that he didn't get called up to the Ferrari seat and you think that that is a sign that he is not fit to be in uh, in that Ferrari Junior Academy seat anymore. And you also kind of put a bit of emphasis on the Poland connection. Uh, the team switched its livery round, so it looks like a Polish flag. And they've also got uh, Robert Kibitza as a test and reserve driver now. I laughed there because you made it sound like I was surprised that Antonio Giovinazzi didn't get called up in front of Carlos Sainz like he should have done on merit. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. No, it was more more that what's the point of him being in that seat if he's not in a position to be called up? The person in that seat should be in training for the Scuderia. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know. I think that lineup is becoming a little bit stale. Yeah, it's the lineup that I most want to change. Yeah, and it's like both of them. And the rumors that are going around, like, oh yeah, Valtteri might be in line for it, or you know, Nico Hulkenberg's name is being thrown around, and it's like all of a sudden that could become a super exciting team. Yeah, if they put in a young, like a new young driver and a new elder statesman, I guess you would say. Um, because I do quite like that dynamic when you have an older and a younger driver in a team. Just not when it's Kimi Räikkönen and Antonio Giovinazzi. But Antonio Giovinazzi is not even that young anymore for a for a young driver. No, I don't. Know. How old is he? He's twenty six, twenty seven, I think. So that's old. I mean, yeah, I, I can't even imagine being that old. I know. Uh, I found a great hair this week. Oh no, Antonio Giovinazzi is twenty six. That's how old it is. The next season, Antonio Giovinazzi will be twenty eight. I mean, it feels weird saying he's old when he's the same age as me. (laughs) (laughs) Old. Do you reckon he's got any long grey hairs, like in his Jesus locks? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Ahead of Alfa Romeo was Alfa Tauri. We, surprise, surprise, agreed once again. It was a few few takes in until we started to get spicier. Uh, We agreed and said they would come seventh at the end of the year. Will, you were quite eager to see Gasly become a team leader. And then we kind of both discussed uh, Franz Tost at the start of the year, said he expected Yuki to have a few crashes and a few DNFs. So we talked about how that lack of points might hit their standing, but we didn't expect it to drop them down sufficiently to kind of fall into that Alpha Williams pass kind of mix. Will it still be above it? Do you stand by those comments? Yeah, I think so. I think that's pretty accurate, isn't it? I'm quite surprised. Where's where's the spice coming from? Because it's certainly not the first four teams. I think the, the spice starts at the next one. Okay. Gasly is becoming a team leader. Sonoda's not got up to speed with the um, Alpatari as quickly as we'd have hoped. I think everyone had that false sense of hope when they saw him at Bahrain testing. And he like shot up to the top of the timing screens on the last day and everyone was like, oh, this kid is like something else. And then he has had the crashes, he has had the DNFs. Maybe more than Franz Tost would have hoped for. This is the the first team where we under-predicted though, because they currently sit in sixth, whereas we thought they'd finish seventh. So it's maybe not as bad as we thought, but that's maybe more to do with other teams rather than Alpha Tauri's performance. Like it's been it's been good moments, but it's not had many standouts. So Alpha Tauri, but well, we they'd come seventh. Just after them we moved on to the Scarlet team, uh Scuderia Ferrari. This was where we started to diverge a bit. I said they would come sixth sixth once again. I wasn't so optimistic about their recovery. Uh, Will, on the other hand, he's expecting they're going to shoot up to fourth, which is proving to be the correct prediction. Yeah. Yeah, because they've had a kind of a surprising, not full return to form, but they've had some much better results this year that I wasn't expecting at the start of the year, like Charles's pole position in Monaco. And Baku. Yeah, and Baku. 
Uh, they were both quite unexpected, obviously. Ending results weren't quite as good as he'd have wanted, maybe, but it's great to see that they've got that qualifying pace in the car again. Yeah, and at those races, um, you know, it was sad that he didn't start the race in Monaco, but Sainz was there to pick up the pieces when it went wrong for Charles and for Bottas. And Leclerc was there to pick up the pieces in Silverstone. Uh, he was two two laps away from winning a race this year, yeah. which would have been a little bit crazy. It would have been insane. Yeah. Uh, the other the other Ferrari point we discussed was how Sainz was going to perform, whether we not whether or not we thought he'd be better suited to the car than Seb was, because obviously last year Seb had a lot of struggles and Sainz was moving to a new team. Um, I think he's proven that he's a pretty adaptable driver and like he's slotted in a lot quicker than I was expecting. He kind of got up to speed with Leclerc sort of three, four races in, whereas people like Ricardo and Checo have both been struggling a little bit longer. So I've been impressed to see that. Yeah, I think Sainz is definitely still the number two. I think Charles is outperforming him, it seems, racing and qualifying. But... Yeah, you mentioned Ricardo and Sainz is definitely up to speed a lot quicker than like Ricardo has been, which speaks volumes for Norris and how Ferrari and McLaren are level on points. Yeah, for sure, because they're both equal on 163 yeah. now, aren't they? So yeah, I think again our predictions for Ferrari were quite kind of close to what's happened. Uh, uh, probably because we were sorry, both. Sorry, sorry. If we're starting to diverge here, don't start taking credit for predictions I've made. I know this is going to bite me in the arse when we come like two or three teams down, but I said they were going to go fourth and a third. You said they were going to stay sixth. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect them to have as yeah, much of a recovery. But I'm very happy that they have. You know what else is coming as well, don't you? You can see the bits where Will have said stupid things. Well, now we're on to an Owen says stupid things as we come to Renault slash Alpine. Where, well, you predicted they were going to come sixth by the end of the year, and I thought they would come third. Crikey. Which <laughs> I'm still hopeful. <laughs> uh, the, the kind of thinking here was I thought that Alonso was going to come in and kind of pull out some of his amazing moves and get the car into places where we didn't expect it to. And also Ocon had this kind of more experience with the team and maybe knew a little bit more about the abilities of the car. So at the start of the year, we'd get the results in and then they'd both be getting the results. Well, you, on the other hand, thought that you were very surprised that Esteban had even had a podium. You <laughs> didn't expect to see him make another one. You also said that Alonso wasn't the driver he once was and you didn't think he'd be making the moves and that there'd be a fiery mood between Alonso and Esteban. So we both made stupid <laughs> predictions on this one. <laughs> because like from what it appears on the outside, Alonso and Esteban seem to be getting on great. Esteban's won a race. Like No. They're not third. They're, no, you're right. They're not tenth. So they're probably like in the middle to what we predicted. They are fair. I mean, I don't I don't blame well, I blame you for saying they're gonna come third. I still think that's stupid. But I don't blame me for saying stupid things like that. Like, if anything, every, everyone was surprised that Ocon won a race. That wasn't going to happen. Everyone was a bit surprised that Alonso could still do it in Bahrain. And what he did in against Lewis in Hungary was nothing short of, like, spectacular. And the sprint race at Silverstone. Yeah. And even Ocon kind of said, 
everyone warned me about the relation, like what Alonso is like as a teammate, and it's not like anyone said it was. So, yeah, we got this. This, uh, this isn't embarrassing. Mm. It's fine. I think it's the one where I'm kind of the most pleased about how wrong we are. Because even like, although I said they were going to come third, it would, my prediction was all down to Alonso. So it's really nice that it's Esteban that's been the one that's got the win. Uh, obviously, that was aided by Alonso. And also, it's kind of interested how, how many of our predictions kind of revolve around Hungary. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Williams will get points at Hungary. I have a sneaky feeling that we're going to go from like the last race before the summer break being crazy and then having an equally crazy race in Spa. I hope so. Spa's my favourite race. Mm. Next up was Aston Martin, which is a team I was very hyped about at the start of the year. I bought a hat and everything. And we didn't expect massive things from them, but we both thought that it would be an interesting test for Vettel and how it would show whether or not his career really is in decline. And we wanted to see how Lance would rise to this occasion of being challenged with uh, a world champion and in the end we both agreed that they would come fifth in the standings okay and at the moment they're seventh so i don't i don't think they've done as well as i thought they were going to no but vettel's had a podium could have almost nearly should have had another one arguably in baku stroll could have been closer but he had a really, you know, the two races where they've done really well, they've kind of been shot in the back by something. Yeah. And, you know, they're the races that, like, Alpine have taken advantage of, and it's probably the only reason why Alpine are ahead of Aston Martin. Yeah, that's true. Um, This was where you came out with one of your spiciest takes, though. Don't know if you're going to want to relive it, but you wanted to see Lance develop through the year and enter the Mercedes conversation. Yeah. So I think it, oh god, you did say you didn't think it was going to happen, but you wanted to see it happen. That's that right. That's two very different things. Then <laughs> wanting to see something happen and predicting it will happen. I want to play for Man United. I'm not predicting it's going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a. I guess that's an acceptable defence. It did make me chuckle when I was listening back though. But this is what I mean. Like they all start kind of yeah, they'll come eight, they'll come nine, they'll come ten. And then they get a bit... I think we just got carried away as the episode went on. Well, if I do remember correctly, we did also get relatively drunk while we were doing it as well, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, so after Aston Mine, we moved on to McLaren, which was quite an interesting one. Um, I said they were going to finish fourth. You said they were going to finish third. But we both put their performance down to Danny Rick. And we thought that he would take a few races to get used to it. And then we thought we'd see him get a few podiums. Um, Didn't write down who it was that said it, but one of us said that we thought Danny Rick would be the one that was there to chase wins and podiums in crazy races. And we weren't sure about Lando. So while we got the finishing position kind of close, we were both quite wrong on the way it would come about. How shocked have you been? by the difference between Danny and Lando this year. Yeah, it's been a real surprise, isn't it? And kind of sad because it does feel like there's a lot of talent in Ricardo as a driver that throughout his career just hasn't quite been tapped into. And yeah. 
kind of another example. Um, but again, it's kind of one of those predictions, like you said about Alpine, I think, that I'm happy to be wrong about. Because mm-hmm. uh, Lando's been an absolute revelation this year. Yeah, his progression year to year has been amazing to watch. And every time he's been near the front, I've just been so excited to see him there and be like, yes, Lando could be the star of the future. Especially when you've got drivers like George and Charles that have all this kind of, not prestige, but a lot of people like see them as the mm. next champion and stuff. It's been fantastic watching Lando get to podiums. And he's up to like three this year, I think, isn't he? Yes, he's had Austria, Monaco, and Italy. Imola. Hmm. So while it's obviously a shame that Daniel isn't doing quite as well, I think it's just a matter of time before they're more evenly matched. But I didn't expect it to be this much time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure now. I'm not as confident that Daniel is going to match Lando. Yeah. I think you have more of a like Hamilton Bottas scenario where one of the drivers just appears to be driving a lot better than the other one, and whether that's because of you know has Lando has Lando come on leaps and bounds as a Formula One driver to the extent where he's more of a talent than like than Dan- I can't believe I'm saying this than Daniel Ricciardo is, or are we still playing catch up with Daniel Ricciardo? Something that's kind of come up quite a lot is. The car and adapting to that, like Carlos has said that the McLaren was a bit of a tricky car to adapt to. And that's something that Daniel's obviously getting used to. It's He's not been able to find his breaking points and things. Whereas Lando, has, he was a test and reserve driver for McLaren, and then he's obviously driven for McLaren's third year now. So that is the car that he's used to. That's what he's built his style around. So... With that regard, I'm kind of not surprised it's taken a bit longer, but I mean, Danny said that he's eyeing 2024 for a world championship. But that It seems strange to be looking that far into the future. But that's also based on what Zach Brown has said. Zach Brown has said that's when they think they're aiming to be going for a title. So I guess Daniel said that based on being in that car. Yeah. But like, kind of taking a step back with Lando again, how exciting is it if, you know, George goes to, if George, when George goes to Mercedes, that next year we could have Lando Norris, George Russell, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, all fighting for race wins? Yeah. It's actually going to finally feel like this new generation has come of age. It really does feel like the, the baton is being passed. I still, because like Daniel Ricciardo has kind of been lumped in with the older generation and he has been in the sport for a while. It's his 200th race in Spa this weekend, but he's not been in quite as long as people like Vettel, Hamilton and Alonso. But because Vettel and Hamilton were dominant for most of his career so far, you kind of worry that his moment's passing by. And I really hope it isn't because I really like him and I like watching him drive. And mm. He's always quite an exciting overtaker. But I wonder if it's one of those things where it kind of always comes down to timing and like he was in Red Bull at the wrong time. He was in Renault at the wrong time. Hopefully he's not in McLaren at the wrong time as well. 
no, hopefully he he is there at the right time. I mean, if he's there for however many, how long has he got on his contract? Uh, I'm not sure. I feel like four years, but I don't know off the top. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get used to driving that car in the next four years. And if they could deliver a car, and next year we're expecting it to be a lot fairer racing, you know, it's going to be a lot more about the driver's skill than necessarily what's underneath them. And I still think you put Daniel Ricciardo up there as one of the finest drivers on the track. Yeah. But before the end of this year, hopefully they'll hold on to third, fourth in the constructors. Or whether he'll be able to close that gap is another question. The uh, The next team we discussed was Red Bull. And once again, we converged and both said they would come second. We were both very excited to see Checo picking up points and thought that he'd be vital for the championship fight. I was hopeful that they would have delivered a championship contending car for Verstappen, whereas this is where it all got a bit confusing and where I feel like you were just trying to be spicy for spicy's sake. <laughs> because you said you didn't expect Perez to win a race, but thought that Perez would finish higher in the standings than Max. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the beer had maybe taken effect by this point. Uh, but the kind of overarching opinion was that we thought Red Bull were going to take a lot of points out of Mercedes, but maybe not quite enough to clinch the title. Which, we're halfway through, Mercedes is still in the lead. It's kind of down to a bit of luck on their part, I guess. Red Bull have had a few more collisions, tyre failures and problems like that. But it is still just as... I think it's just as exciting as we hoped it would be, having Checo in that Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Checo has been pretty good compared to his you know predecessors. He's better than Gasly and Albon have mm-hmm. been. Whether he's as good as maybe we, he hoped he could be in that car, who I'm not quite sure. I think like in Imola, he had an amazing, um, I think it was Imola, an amazing qualifying where he was like hundreds of seconds off pole position. And from then you kind of thought, oh, okay, actually he could, you know, he can drive this car already, unlike, you know, Ricardo can. Yeah. And it didn't really kick on from there. Like he, you know, he was lucky to win Baku, to be honest. Yeah, the kind of the stars aligned for him really there, didn't they? Yeah, but then France was a perfect example of what he was brought into the team for, where he held up Hamilton and Bottas, I think, and, and you know, got the double podium for the team. Um, not really seen that too much since. He's not really been... That was the last time he was on the podium. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you think it's been disappointing? Uh, not so much disappointing, but... My like overall prediction going in with Red Bull was that this was going to be the spiciest driver pairing, whereas he's definitely settled into that rear gunner supporting role. And I guess that's exactly what he was brought in for. So that's not really a surprise. Just think I was far too optimistic in hoping that Checo and Max would be fighting for the win every week. Obviously, Max is going to be the one going for the win and Checo's there in a the supporting role. 
So I don't think disappointed is the right word. But I think it's nice that Red Bull now have him there to bring the championship, the Constructors' Championship fight to Mercedes because that's what they've been missing. They've been missing those reliable extra points. And Perez is still slightly behind Bottas because that's kind of what you've got, don't you? You have got this fight between Hamilton and Verstappen as like the Premier League and then you've got like the League One fight between... Uh, I'm not going to include Norris because he's kind of an exception, but Bottas and Perez, and you just they're the two fights that are going on. Perez is four points behind Bottas, so it's actually closer than it is at the top with Hamilton and and Verstappen. Do you think Perez will finish above Bottas? No, I think Bottas is going to win Sochi, Um, (laughs) and hopefully get a bit of his mojo back. And I think that is maybe the reason that there hasn't been an announcement about his future yet, because they don't want to kind of knock him a bit. So I think it'll stay close through the year, but I think by the end of the year, Bottas is going to be ahead of Perez still. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think there'll necessarily be an announcement until the Constructors' Championship is done. But also, Perez is going to win Mexico. The final team was, of course, Mercedes-AMG Formula 1 team. And we said that it was inevitable that they would be first again. I said that I thought Lewis was going to be the man once more. I predicted Valtteri would win Bahrain, but then slip into like a second gunner role. And Will, you were worried that he might buckle under the pressure. And I feel like that assertion is maybe not proven to be right, but is closer. Yeah. Because he doesn't look like he's got his Valtteri Bottas 3.0 porridge powered super driver. Kind of feels like he's lost that a bit and he didn't win Bahrain. Yeah, he's not necessarily kept like buckled under the pressure, but he's certainly not kept up with the pace. Mm. No, I'm pretty if if they I'm pretty happy with our predictions. Like I think we've done alright. Yeah. They weren't too bad. And that's because not many of them were that spicy. Yeah. Well you said that well yeah, fair enough. But yeah, Mercedes, I, oh, I'm not as confident that they'll finish first anymore. Simply because I think they're lucky to be there at the halfway point of the season. Hmm. For some reason, I feel like the Constructors' Championship is going to end up being closer than the drivers. And I still feel like Lewis is going to wrap up the drivers. But I think the Red Bull Mercedes fight is going to come down to like the last race or something that's dramatic like that do you because we we've right we, we've not actually had a conversation about this you think lewis is going to win the drivers yeah i still think he's going to win it okay do you not i don't i think do you think nice. lando's going to win it yeah yeah nikita <laughs> <laughs> no i think max will win it yeah I hope the fight like continues on throughout the year. I don't know. Just for some reason, I just feel like Lewis is going to come back after the break, recharged and ready to go. Why? What do you think is going to power Max to claw back the deficit? Having a faster car? That's a fair argument you make there. <laughs> no, I think Lewis has been lucky and I think Max has been unlucky. Mm-hmm. 
Max has been unlucky that he had his blowout in Azerbaijan. That he got done by track limit. Well, no, he was a bit stupid by getting done by track limits in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got hit by Hamilton in Bar- in Britain. And he picks up more damage than anyone else in Hungary. Yeah. Whereas Lewis was a bit of an idiot in Baku because it was his fault he threw away a 25-point lead on, on Max. Was at fault for knocking Max into the barriers at Britain. It, it was his fault he got the penalty. And then was an idiot for not winning the race in Hungary. Maybe not an idiot, but he should have pitted and he would have won the race. Yeah, like he should have come in for his new tyres. Yeah. And then he's lucky as well to have the extra points that he's getting from Vettel being disqualified. Yeah, but that's what I feel like is more likely to spur Lewis on. It's so rare that we see him make mistakes. And when it, normally, whenever he makes a mistake, it comes back stronger the following week. Whereas it kind of felt like the Mercedes team wasn't really united as much as we've seen in the past. Maybe because they just weren't used to being on the back foot. But um, I still think they're going to have whipped something out of the bag that'll help them over the coming weeks. Um, okay. So it sounds like we have diverged and you're predicting a Lewis championship with Mercedes running the constructors and I'm predicting Max with Red Bull. Yeah. Finally, a disagreement. <laughs> it took us six months. So what do you think? Do you agree with me that Lewis might win the championship or are you more on Will's side that it is all going to come down to Max and his orange army that seem to seem to be following him everywhere? Let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. You can reach out to us on Twitter. Contact the show at Friday Formula or each of us individually. I'm at Owen underscore Bellwood and Will, you are at Will Longman. We will be back next week where we'll be looking back over this weekend's Belgian Grand Prix which hopefully will be a nice, exciting one. Don't forget, you can send us your one-sentence reviews of the race. We'd, we'd love to hear what you think of all the action that is bound to take place in Spa on Sunday. Until then, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.